pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Earlier in the show, I was talking to you about mental health and and the awareness we need to bring to it. We've had a lot of these very important conversations on our show, but we're bringing it back up right now because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So, I know, people growing up, maybe your generation has always said, well, you just don't talk about your feelings. That's taboo. Well, this newer generation... They're being taught, yes, share how you feel. Don't don't keep it all balled up inside. How can you help, though, as a loving parent, as, as a grandparent or a friend? How can you help someone who may be struggling with their mental health? Joining us right now is Dr. Michelle Heberling. She's the Chief Clinical Officer for ComQuest. Doctor, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you. So May is May is Mental Health Awareness Month. How can people help their loved ones who are maybe struggling and, and they just don't know where to start as as the mom or dad? Uh, it's a great question, and I think the best place to start, you said it, is to recognize that um, folks. Uh, are willing to talk about their feelings and just validating that in a loving way. So a couple of things. Number one is to create a safe space. Um, And so that may be if we're talking about a child and you have multiple children, maybe it's finding an opportunity or, you know, take a drive in the car. Um, The other kids are out playing, but create a space where they have some privacy. They can talk to you in um, kind of a quiet, um, peaceful place. And a lot of it is how you approach the conversation. Um, It sounds like you're struggling with some things. Is there anything I can do? You are okay to talk to me. Feel, um, I just want you to know I hear you. I love you. It's okay. That's a huge part of it. You don't have to have all the solutions. People kind of feel like they have to solve the other person's problems, whether we're talking about a child or an adult. They feel like they have to solve the problem. And sometimes it's just listening and helping that other person to feel safe and to give them a safe space to talk and and literally just saying, I hear you, I love you, Um, either how can I help, maybe if it's an adult, or here are some ways that I can help you. Um, The Internet is a a double-edged sword. There's a lot of, you know, challenges with it, but there's also a lot of great resources available, whether it's coping skills or um, relaxation skills, things like that. Um, or if it's finding professional resources in the community. But the biggest thing is, I hear you, I love you, I'm I'm here for you and with you. And this impacts people no matter the age. It, It can start as early, you know, 10 years old and younger. It can go up to someone who's 85, 90 years old that, that has always struggled. Is that right? I believe mental health doesn't discriminate on age or race. That is absolutely correct. Mental health and substance use affects everybody. Um, It it, uh, can impact young children. Uh, It can impact teenagers and adolescents. We hear a lot about 
um, adolescents struggling with anxiety and depression and the pressure and all of those kinds of things, and then obviously into adulthood as well. And actually, the population that gets lost a lot is the geriatric population, our older folks. Um, it's very easy to write off an older person and just say, oh, well, you know, they're not working, they don't have anything going on in their lives, so of course they're going to be sad or, um, you know, no, they're not worrying uh, or dealing with depression. They're just they're just getting older. Like I hear that they're just getting older, and that's not that's not the case. Older folks can feel anxiety and depression, and more importantly, they can get help for that, um, and they can they can benefit from support. They can benefit from intervention. So let's not forget our older folks as well as our young children and our teenagers and and those folks. You know, kind of at all the age. Uh, running the entire age spectrum. Yeah, I, I think you hit it right on the on the head there. We tend to want to forget about the older population, but they, you know, sometimes if if they're put into a nursing home, that can really um, uh, affect their mental health as well. But how how does a loved one make sure that uh, I, I don't even know how to phrase it right? How how does a loved one make sure that their loved one is doing okay and and if if there are those signs of you know what my son my daughter my mom my dad they're struggling with depression right now their 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 mental health isn't where it should be what are the steps that they should take are they calling a doctor are they calling emergency personnel what should someone do so if someone is struggling with depression you know again start with just i hear you i love you i'm listening i'm here for you identifying some supports in just in their own lives already. So maybe it's um, taking walks more together. It's finding some relaxation stuff. It's encouraging them to get sleep and to um, eat and to do all of those kinds of things to take care of themselves. If it goes beyond that, um, it can look like um, talking with a pediatrician or a primary care um, physician. So you can always check in. Don't forget that sometimes physical health concerns will also uh, can also mimic a mental health issue. So it's not a bad idea at all to start with a primary care or a pediatrician um, and just sort of get a physical, get a workup, share what the concerns are and what's going on and see what they might recommend. And then if it, it goes beyond that, um, there are so many resources in the community. Obviously, I'm the, the clinical officer at ComQuest. So I work for you know a behavioral health organization that offers a full range of resources and services for mental health and addiction and even social support services um, the only time that you really need to go to emergency personnel is if there is risk potential risk to harm of self or others and then in our community we're lucky that we have a mobile response um, unit um, there's also resources on stark mars website our local mental health boards website so when it goes beyond what you can kind of help and support and provide relief for them at home, seek out professionals. If it looks like there's an imminent risk, they are at imminent risk of hurting themselves um, or someone else, that's when you want to reach out to emergency services. Why do you think right now, doctor, and if you're just joining us, we have Dr. Michelle Heverling on with us. Uh, why do you think maybe growing up in, in the 70s and the 80s, it was so taboo to talk about mental health and, and and suicide awareness but now the the younger generation they're very outspoken about it if their mental health is is struggling um, not all but some will say you know what i need some time to myself i need to make sure that i'm okay 
where did we make that bridge that people right now are willing to have these important conversations? I think it just evolved over time. If you think about mental health as part of just our health, right? So it's a brain disorder, the same way we have heart disease and we have liver disease and we have all of those kinds of things. But as a profession, as a mental health profession, it's a relatively young profession. So you didn't see it talked about on television, in movies, um, in you didn't obviously have access to the internet and social media and, and all of these things. So there wasn't representation of folks who were living with mental illness or addiction in any kind of popular culture venue that normalized it at all. Um, and over the course of the last several decades, um, that's not the case any longer. You see representation, you see it talked about in um, popular culture, in the media, and then obviously access to resources um, online and social media and just education. There's been so much education um, that has been put out in the community by the American Psychological Association and local mental health boards and billboards and, and ads and things like that. So there's been a lot of educational efforts that have taken place in the last couple of decades. Um, and I think sometimes our kids today are just more outspoken um, in general. Uh, but there's certainly a lot more exposure to it, a lot more information, a lot more education. They're talking about it in schools. Um, we have providers in almost um, between us and another um, couple organizations in the county. We have mental health providers and prevention providers in almost every school in the county. Um, so there's just a lot more information, education, and exposure for um, kids and adolescents these days than there, there ever has been before. I, I do think that you're right there. There is more exposure if you're watching a, a television show. I, I was watching Station 19 um, on ABC a couple nights ago with my wife, and there was a scene on there where one of the people was struggling with uh, with mental health and, uh, and, and suicidal thoughts. And that is a perfect example of you're putting it on the screen. You're letting people know that everyone else uh, struggles with it. Now, I had the conversation with someone maybe two, three weeks ago in my hometown of Carrollton, and they said, oh, I'm so tired. And this was a very random comment he made. But he said, I am so tired of everyone saying they have mental health, everyone saying that it's an issue for them. You just need to grow up, suck it up, and, and, and move on about your life. We all have stuff that we're struggling with. Well, everyone copes with things differently, right or wrong, doctor? Correct. Everybody copes with things differently. And, and something that is um, really difficult for one person may not be difficult for another. And so it's important not to um, judge other people's reactions by how you would react to something. Yeah. And and I, I know people that they struggle with it, some maybe more openly than others, maybe some are very quietly struggle. But at the end of the day, Every person in America knows someone who has been impacted by mental health, someone who, who has uh, lost someone in their life uh, by suicide. We need, as a nation, to do better. And we see people bullying others. We see people hopping on Facebook and making comments to people. You never know what people are going through. And... I don't think it costs anything to be nice in this world. If you do that, maybe we we would help the men and women that struggle with their mental health. I couldn't agree more. I absolutely could not agree more with just 
be kinder, be gracious, um, and just listen and, and be caring, care about other people. Empathy goes a whole long way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really does. And I feel as though that is a feature that some people have lost, even though we progress and, and mental health becomes more to the front fold. There's still some people that have lost that, the empathetic portion of it. Dr. Michelle Heverling, anything else you want to add before we go? No, I would just say thank you for providing this education and putting this out in the community. Um, and for anybody that needs help, ComQuest is here for you. And there's a lot of resources in this community. So um, please take care of yourselves and take care of each other. All right. Thank you so much, ma'am. Dr. Michelle Heverling with ComQuest, you have a great day. Thanks for coming on and, and sharing your thoughts with us. Thanks. You too. Take care.